0: and so welcome to the BU Find Happy podcast. You you have a really awesome brand called Get Out of Your Head, um, something I incredibly struggle with. And so I am super looking forward to having this conversation about navigating, um, you know, all the things that we tell ourselves, all the things that we get stuck in, the ways in which we ruminate um, as a psychotherapist, I see this all the time. I find this frequently with myself and I'm really looking forward to learning more about you. Could you share with the listeners a little bit about who you are, how you got here and what you're doing?
1: Yeah. Thanks, Michaela. I'm happy to be here. So my name is Brian Saccetta. Uh, I'm an author in the self-help space. I focus mostly on anxiety and depression, and mental health, as you alluded to my, the name of my brand is get out of your head. So the website there is get out of I really you know, I, I come to this space from sort of just personal experience of having dealt with anxiety and depression in my own life, and I do want to like upfront sort of connect with what you said there, where you you mentioned like you know you struggle with getting out of your own head sometimes and things like that. Um, I do too, right? And that was what really spurred the the birth of this brand was me going through anxiety and depression as a teenager and then in my 20s and saying to myself, like, look, like if these things are holding me back, I need to go and find solutions for myself, whether that's through books that I read, conversations I have, going to therapy, trying different medication, you know, at the uh, recommendation of my physician or something like that. And so over the course of 10-ish years, something like that, um, Ended up writing my first book, which was uh, Get Out of Your Head, a toolkit for living with and overcoming anxiety. And then in 2021, which was a few years later, I wrote another book called Get Out of Your Head, Volume 2, Navigating the Abyss of Depression. You know, what I'm really trying to do with this brand is just I mean, I, I think everybody right it, whether you're starting a business or um, a content series or something like that, you identify with a specific group of people and you say, like, these are the folks that I want to resonate with or these are the people that I see in myself. And so I'm looking at this brand and saying, like, I know there's a lot of people out there like me. Twenty, You know, I'm 32 today, but it's like I know there's a lot of 18 year old men, 25 year old women, folks who are stuck inside their heads, who are not finding the relief they need via some of the more traditional, you know, self-help channels. Um, or they're stuck because of the way that, you know, American or uh, modern culture operates. And so I say to myself, like, I came up against some of these same exact problems. And I still struggle with some of them. Like, I'm I'm not here to say I'm perfect. Absolutely not. Um, but I know that those people exist out there. I've had a lot, a lot of conversations with folks like that. And I see the pain, uh, you know, the pain that I've been through in them. And I can resonate with that. And I'm like, I I, I hate to see people suffer, right? And so my contribution with this brand is trying to be able to help people uh, work through that suffering in any way that that I can um, sort of facilitate uh, that, that, that progress.
0: And so why do you think it is that we get stuck in these um, cyclical patterns of thought? Like, what do you think creates this kind of roundabout way out of things? And I recently had something in my life where I was on repeater For sure. And like every time that something surrounding this particular thing triggered me, I kind of went into full blown spiral mode and really had a tough time kind of clawing my way out of it. Um, Recently, I had a breakthrough, but I'm curious what your perspective on that is. I mean, what there must be something that comes from being able to kind of stay wrapped in this space. There must be something that we're doing or needing or whatever it might be.
1: Yeah, definitely. I'm, and I'm, I'm very glad to hear that you had a breakthrough. I don't, I don't know if you've already shared that with your audience or if you wanted to hear at some point, um, but I can answer the question that you asked, which was sort of, you know, why do we get caught in these loops? And one of the things that I like to do, right, I, I want to make sure that because I'm not a doctor i'm not a therapist i'm not a clinician i'm not licensed anything like that it's like i'm trying to bring my own personal experiences to, to the table, but I also need to bring a sense of credibility it's like i I think I can do some of that by saying like hey I've been through some of the same things that you have, but at the same time, if I'm then talking about strategies that have no scientific backing or anything like that uh, i'm probably not going to uh, my information is not going to resonate with a lot of folks so I do try to pride myself on bringing in some of the research side of things and um You know just whatever the the uh the scientific community the the information the leading theories and whatnot that they're putting out there that's the stuff i like to integrate into my work as well so the reason why i say that is when we talk about why do we get stuck in these loops right there's a lot of evolutionary evolutionary psychology at play here which is sort of the way that our brains and bodies were constructed if you think about the fight-or-flight nervous system those systems were created to help us immediately evade physical threats like in the wild. And though that system is really good at doing that sort of thing, as in, you know, if a lion walks in front of us in the middle of the street or in the woods, um, our bodies are going to react so strongly that I'm not saying we'll necessarily survive, but like they will push us in a way that uh, like forces us to um, make some sort of decision or take some action that promotes our survival, right? And the nice thing about that is, like, there's a threat right in front of us, our bodies have this reaction, and bam, we're off, whether that's running away from that the, that threat, fighting with that threat, or playing dead, you know, the freeze response, something like that. One of the difficulties about, like, you, know, you think about human evolution and then where we are today is scientists say that, you know, the human brain and and in humans overall, like, We haven't evolved in at least 30,000 years, if not a couple hundred thousand. And so we find ourselves today in the face of modern threats, which is more things that are off in the distance that scare us, right? I, you know, let's say I have to go give a speech in two weeks. Uh, That's a lot different than me facing a lion right now and saying, hey, in the next 15 seconds, I'm going to know what the outcome of this thing is. My body is going to push me towards that positive outcome, right? That survival. And so... It's almost like a shortcoming of this system where now that we live in a world where the the sort of um, they are legitimate threats or things that scare us right there. They might not necessarily be. uh, I guess I'll say they're psychological threats. They might not necessarily be threats to our survival. Um, But but again, like something like a speech. Right. Uh, Our our brains and bodies don't quite know how to deal with these things because they're like, wait a second, I'm programmed to react to things that are in front of me right now and get you know get you out of that dangerous situation immediately a speech that exists on our calendars 2 weeks from now our brains are like whoa like what action can i take what action can i take what action can i take and they you know they're they're incessant they 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 don't kind of take no for an answer right and they're they're saying to us like dude, you got to give me an answer. And unfortunately, something that exists two weeks from now doesn't really have that fight or flight answer, right? The only thing that we can do is sort of let time pass in one way or another, either either with a lot of anxiety in it or uh, via, uh, I guess, with some peace via distraction or something like that. And so I think that that kind of answers the, why do we get ourselves caught up in these patterns is, is the way that our brains and bodies were constructed. Um, and then also like, because I think sort of the follow on effect of that is, when our brains go into these you know fight or flight modes the feelings that we get are unsettling and so when we feel those things our conscious minds then say oh geez something must be wrong here something is going to go wrong in the future because i'm feeling this way and we then perpetuate this already vicious cycle so it can be difficult right and that's one of the to deal with these things that's one. that's kind of the main reason why my brand is called get out of your head is knowing that there's this limitation with the fight or flight nervous system it's like We need to come in with sort of the, you know, the uh, prefrontal, uh, our our prefrontal cortices, and say, I'm bringing in my executive functioning and I'm saying, look, I am taking the reins here. Uh, I'm not going to let the fight or flight nervous system dictate exactly how this is going to go. I am going to have the awareness that this is a different kind of threat than my body is built for. Uh, And because of that, I'm going to step in and say here's a distraction method that I'm going to leverage to stop thinking about this thing that exists a couple of weeks from now. Right. And allow us to break out of those cyclical patterns.
0: Yeah. But uh, you know, as you're talking, and I agree with everything you said and I teach everything you said, but, but as you're talking, I'm thinking about just how hard it is when you are in this space of really feeling anxious or really feeling, um, you know, Scared, afraid, whatever, that your partner's gonna leave you, or whatever the whatever the narrative is. And what I'm what I'm kind of thinking is how do you shake yourself free in that moment from what is, you know, an almost instant and not almost instant, it happens nanoseconds. That fight or flight protection mode. How do you shake yourself free of it?
1: Sure. And you're so right. I mean, um, you know, me giving that long verbiage there like. It's not to say that this stuff is easy. I think one of the the things that I did want to talk about today was right that uh, traditional self help I think sometimes paints the picture as if these things are easy, right? And it's like just think good thoughts and all of a sudden like life will be better. In reality, as you alluded to, it's like this stuff is really challenging and really painful. And I I I think that there's a couple things I want to talk about here. One is that it does take a lot. It takes experience with these sorts of situations, right, to eventually develop the patterns and the know-how to be like, I understand that I am running the same pattern or I'm in a similar situation to one that I've been in before. The reason that's so difficult is that this stress like that we're feeling right when the fight or flight nervous system takes over, it can be all encompassing. So when we feel that the first 10 times, the first 100 times, it can be really hard for us to step in and say, like, wait a second, I need to slow down. I know what's going on here. Um, You know, I, I think to To sort of answer the the actual question of like how do we do that um it again comes back to that experience piece of knowing like, okay, I have dealt with these things however many times in the past, right, a hundred times a thousand times whatever, uh, and I'm not saying like I'm not trying to make this sound even more daunting than it is. It's like somebody who hasn't dealt with this stuff before, they could absolutely uh escape you know their their first battle with anxiety or something like that. But I, but I don't want to necessarily say that's the base case because it is challenging. It's very difficult. What we have to do eventually, right. Is say, okay, over the course of my experience, uh, with certain things that scare me, whether it's 10 or a hundred times, I have tried out different strategies and said to myself, these ones work for me, these ones don't. So for example, right. Um, I know that when I am ruminating and I am scared, um, it usually happens when I'm sitting down. Right. And so it's like, I'm on my couch. uh, I'm not moving my body, something like that, even though it's very difficult to make those realizations when I'm freaking out, when, when somebody is freaking out, right. It's like, There are there are telltale signs in the body that you can kind of pick up on. And once you're able to pick up on them, uh, those can then become your triggers or your cues to say, like, I got to go do something else. So, for example, I'll get these cold sweats. A lot of people will right? It's like when we're really scared, we're sitting on the couch and like all of a sudden it's like, man, I'm sweating as if I'm doing something, you know, I'm running or I'm performing some sort of physical activity. But I'm just sitting on my couch, and so when I pick up on that, and and other folks that I've worked with before have been able to, you know, implement this sort of strategy, that becomes their cue to say, like, look, I got to go for a one mile walk. I need to, uh, you know, walk down the hall, go to the gym, lift some weights, listen to my favorite song, call a friend, text a friend, whatever it may be. Um, I don't want to say like, hey, like I have all these sexy strategies that are like always going to get you out of your head that are always going to work because this stuff is super difficult. But in general, that is the vibe that, you know, I'm trying to put out there and say, like, that is how the process works. And then the specific details of how you implement this in your own life is figuring out which of those strategies resonate most with you? Which ones help you get out of your head, right? Because like some people like walking and some people find as though getting their bodies moving allows them uh, to, to break free from their minds. Other people are like, no, no, I'd rather go paint or do something like that. So um, I think that's kind of how I would answer that question with the caveat that like this stuff is absolutely not easy.
0: It's not easy. And I think that, you know, we, we are such an instant gratification society, <laughs> Where it's like, if it's not happening now, is it even happening at all, you know? And um, it's easy to, you know, to think that, like, I, I experience this a lot with couples They'll walk in they'll, and they're like, hey, um, you know, we want to fix our relationship. And, you know, they want to do that in three sessions. And it's like, it took you how many years to get to this point with this much destruction and this much poor patterns of communication and, and this much poor behavior? Is it realistic to undo that? It's like saying you eat like shit for 20 years of your (laughs) life and then you're going to suddenly lose all the weight that you've gained and be a healthy fitness guru in one month. Definitely. It's just not realistic. And I think that, you know, mental health is one of those things where there's so much stuff on uh, in this world that you can just get stuck in these perpetuating rabbit holes of self-help and not come out of it any different than you went in because You you know, it's almost like we try something for a minute, it didn't work. So we're on to the next thing. And that didn't work. And we're on to the next thing. And you know, if you're like chasing the latest diet fad, you're not going to lose weight either. It just, it's easier to see when it's something tangible versus something like mental health.
1: Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. And I think I've talked about this a little bit on recent shows is one thing that I don't think is necessarily helping folks these days, right. Is like, if you look at something like search engine optimization, which is, you know, for folks who are listening, it's basically like what a website developer or a content provider or something, uh, somebody who develops content um, like yourself, if you're putting out podcasts or whatever, like information that you need to supply to um, the different search uh, products or, you know, search rank algorithms and whatnot, in order to come up, uh, higher on a specific page if somebody were to type in anxiety like there is uh, there's a website that that will come up first for that keyword right um, and one of the things that's tough about like and I, I know I'm sort of like in a totally different <laughs> tangent here but um, I'm you know focusing on the idea of like short and sexy and um, that immediate gratification right is like
0: yeah like the click ha-
1: yes exactly so we end up basically you know we coming up we come up with these these cool, slick headlines, right? Like do these five things and anxiety will be gone immediately. And then all of a sudden folks who are developing this content are, you know, optimizing for SEO and trying to find ways to come up first in the search rankings. And it's like, um, the, the, the headlines that you provide may be sexy, but what's, what's beneath them as you're talking, you know, you alluded to there with the, the clickbait is like, if the actual content is baseless and doesn't actually help people, um, then obviously not that many people are going to find relief in what it is that you're putting forth. And I think that because that's such a focus for, you know, content creators these days, it's it's like almost as if the entire environment, the entire ecosystem is skewing toward this sort of like, let me pump out as many articles as I can with these cool headlines when they don't actually help people, you know?
0: Right, exactly. And it's just this, it's this like <laughs> joke that we would even think that that would actually work. You know, I mean, it's, if you really step back and think about what it takes to make positive change, it's not something that you can just talk yourself out of or into. Um, And, and so now in terms of what you're doing, how do you, how do you get people involved in this way? How do you get them actively changing kind of their dynamic, their narrative? How do you do that?
1: Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of different prongs, right? So it's like, going on a podcast like yours and having a conversation like this is one entry point into the the content world of the stuff that I talk about. So I guess if we have this conversation and we talk about things that are legitimate and people find helpful, then they may say to themselves, like, I'll try on this strategy or, you know, that was interesting. Let me go check out this person's website or something like that. So it's sort of trying to cast a wide enough net. So podcasts, writing blogs, you know, writing my books, having conversations with folks. I offer uh, coaching through my website, which is different from, um, you know, uh, an actual clinical practice or something like that, but having one-on-one sessions with folks and just trying to be like a supportive good friend, right? And helping people implement some of the strategies that I'm talking about uh, in my content. That's like, at least right now, that that's what I feel is is sort of the best that I can do um, is, is try to continually try to uh, add value to people. And if that, if the content that I'm putting out there is doing that is is adding value is resonating with them then maybe they'll be like hey um let me explore this further so that's that's the general approach even though it's, <laughs> it's super generic
0: so i want to take the last couple of minutes that we have and talk about something that i just you know i've been taking this kind of edgy spin this season people are loving it so i got to keep doing it cuz it brings me great joy to, to kind of go down these, these paths. And one of them is you mentioned evading your own psychological demons. And one of the things that I have been finding is that I don't think they're, I don't think these are fake demons at all. I mean, I don't know how you feel about this, but I really think that there are energies on this planet that are not for our greatest good. What are your thoughts about that? Like, this is kind of, I realize a little woo woo, maybe a little conspiracy theorist, but what do you think about that?
1: No, I'm definitely game for something like this. Um, I, this is not, I guess what I'm going to say, I, I agree with you. Um, I, I kind of want to preface what I'm going to say uh, by stating that, like, I, I, I'll probably I'll probably talk about psychedelics in the next sentence or two. Um, at the same time, like, this is not me getting on the microphone and saying to folks, like, go try psychi- psychedelics, right? If, if you're interested in this sort of thing, do a lot of research talk to a lot of people, try to find a safe, well, please find a safe environment, um, where maybe these things are legal. Um, so with that said, I guess, you know, I, I had done, uh, a couple friends and I went to a retreat center, uh, I guess it was last year now, but, um, and did, a, a, a psychedelic called ayahuasca. And, you know, for me, it was like, I was, I wanted to go and just see what it was about, but I had questions like specific questions that I wanted to see if they could be answered. And, for me, it it really felt like doing a psychedelic like that is, um, I guess, pardon my, and this isn't really French, but this is a uh, part in my, uh, this is probably a little grotesque is like, I would say psychedelics are mostly like a colonoscopy of your mind, so to speak. They present you a mirror of like what's going on in your head and they help you sift through or they make you sift through all this sorts of stuff. And you will definitely like if you've been through trauma, if you have dealt with anxiety, depression, difficult, dark forces, something like that, you'll see like you will see. Maybe not necessarily like the human depiction of a demon, uh, but you'll wrestle with some. And I I guess this is me just kind of saying that I agree with you, Uh, whether they are legitimate or they are in our minds or whatever, like. You, you you might even talk to them, you know, if you do a psychedelic experience. And and I don't know how to make sense of that. I don't know if that means they're necessarily real or they're, you know, embodiments like that come from our minds and get projected out uh, into our psyches when we're doing psychedelics or something like that. But but I can definitely say that, like, when you see them and you talk to them, you're like, oh, my goodness, like, this isn't just like a passing thought, right? This is something that's in there and I have to deal with it.
0: Um, That's terrifying. But yeah, also true. I mean, I don't think that you're wrong. And I think that you know, we need to be having these conversations, because all of these topics have been taboo. And if there's anything that I've come to realize in the past couple of years, it's that, you know, there is a spiritual war happening. I mean, it is without a doubt. And so, you know, the ways in which humans are inflicted by um, all that's happening around us, I think is an important component to our growth. And I think that we're kind of leaving it out a little bit. So Anyway, I really appreciate having you on to talk about these things, Brian. Where can people learn more about you and what you've got going on?
1: Yeah. Again, thank you for having me. Best place to find me is getoutofyourhead.com. No dashes, no spaces in that URL.
0: Yeah. And as always, we include everything in the the show notes, guys. and, And he's really taking a different perspective to getting out of your head. And I really like that. So Step outside of the, you know, traditional methodologies and take a look at what Brian's doing. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks, Michaela. Take care. This has been a BU Find Happy Podcast. For more inspiration, check out the links.